0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of
1: What's the Word? My name is Manu. And I'm Reno. What's the word, Reno? So the only thing I can think about right now is Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we are loaded up with NFL games. So Red Zone will be popping for eight Hours of commercial-free football, I believe, or seven hours of commercial-free football Saturday and Sunday. So pretty excited about that. Uh, really excited about hopefully making some money on some parlays. The kickers last week really, mm. really hurt me. Um, really, really bad. In we'll the, cover uh, that story game. shortly, guys. But uh, also speaking of the NFL. Really, really big pull last night on this Card Collecting Bros Whatnot stream. A Patrick Mahomes Kaboom Gold 2 of 10 for our boy MVP on the Whatnot. We also pulled an explosive Tyreek Hill gold in his new Dolphins jersey for our boy Steven on the Whatnot page, so make sure you guys do check us out on Whatnot because a lot of our stuff has been hitting, been really, really, really good. But Manu, what's uh, what's the word with you? Man, if I tell you that I'm still stuck in the World Cup, would you believe it? I mean, we, we saw a historic World Cup.
0: I mean, reasonably, some argue that this was one of the most, uh, one of the best finals of World Cup history. I can tell you that emotion-wise, emotion, emotion wise, 100%, I, I can definitely agree to that. But yeah, dude, the fact that I was just so, so confident in my predictions just hurt me a lot. <laughs> but there's definitely some uh, good takeaway points from the World Cup. And dude, till the next four years. Now, few things that we can say about this is one, love it or hate it. The Messi and Ronaldo debate is over, done, put to bed. If you or anyone would like to argue about this, please hit me up. Um, Two... Very important point is that the championship is back to South America. No more European teams out there. Like, it's been the past three World Cups. And uh, the third uh, takeaway that we can take from all of this is, uh, dude, a lot of eyes in soccer. I I think it's fair to say that more than ever, there are close to three billion people that watch the World Cup finals. You know, and that could mean big things for the sport. And I feel like Americans in general, and you could give your opinion on this, are just more excited about soccer. One, because of, obviously, USA's performance in the World Cup, but also because we're bringing it over here in 2026. So that's going to be exciting. It's going to be 16 cities in the U.S., Canada,
1: and Mexico. So we're we're going to be covering that live. It's going to be very exciting. And I mean, like... Messi also coming to Miami, I think him winning that World Cup, solidifying his greatness, just enhances who that actually is coming over to America.
0: Because he, he can retire peacefully now. Like, I mean? yeah,
1: like, and, and I think he is more likely to come to America. Like, yeah, like, he is going to really try to make this thing big in America as well. Like, that's the next thing, pioneer the, the sport over into America and I think he is the perfect guy to do it. He's relatively humble. Ronaldo, <clears throat> although humble, he does come off as a little cocky and arrogant, and I think Messi really does portray the the guy that you want to like be the ambassador of your sport.
0: Like that's the guy you want to like invite over to your house to have yeah. dinner,
1: dude. <laughs> yeah. And and also like, like Americans being yeah exactly and i think americans like really are all over social media and we saw that the picture of him holding the world cup trophy just became the most liked picture in the history of instagram in over 80 million likes
0: of instagram i believe it was 60 but think about this for a second guys um the most liked picture in the history of instagram What does that mean for soccer and what does that mean for uh, Messi's next contract? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's just being literally, like, if it's the most liked picture on Instagram, that only means that it's been seen by the most people, right? I mean, if it's been liked, it's had to be seen by the most people as well.
0: And you can see, it's interesting to take away from that as well, is that the love that people have for Messi, you know? Like, no matter matter what what. country, they, they, they... they love him and like they, even and they you like to see him shine.
1: did kind of like to see him win. I that. did, dude. I I couldn't be sad
0: to see Messi take it. You know, even being a Brazilian hating
1: Argentina in quotation marks. Love you guys. But being but a legit know, Brazilian yeah. football like soccer fan, being a legit fan, diehard fan of that team, Argentina is your Boston Red Sox to the Yankees. You're Eagles and Cowboys, you know, your rivalry, that is a rival.
0: And, uh, yeah, dude, and one thing that we cannot forget to talk about is the fact that Morocco's made it to the sem- semis. They were in the top four. I mean, it's uh, it's great to see it. It's great to see it, and I didn't want to leave it not talked about. It's always good to see
1: a Cinderella story, whether it be, you know, the World Cup, Or, you know, the final four, when we see a team, you know, that's like a 14 seed, you know, they bring it all the way to the final four, they weren't meant to be there. It's a Cinderella story is always a nice, a nice thing to see.
0: Right. And on that. You know, it's, the, this World Cup wasn't a total surprise because Argentina and France were in the top five and, and those two ended up in the finals, obviously. So it wasn't total random, but it was definitely very emotional that this 20, 28 days, I believe, they were they were nice. Unfortunately, we will we'll have to wait another four years, but hey, we'll keep covering soccer <laughs> and hopefully Messi yeah, and the NOS. sucks.
1: I wish it was like maybe every two years.
0: But that's why it's so much appreciated.
1: Yeah, because you only can get so many years out of your superstars that it's like what? Like maybe five How many World Cups do you think a person could be a part of? Like four? Four or five? Max,
0: I think. Four like max. I think three years. That's sixteen be, years. Yeah. I think three would you be already kinda like in the in the very experienced the gold conversation, you know? But um Lots of good stuff, and I I had
1: a really great point right now, and he just uh, left. It'll probably come back (laughs) to you, but we do have uh, baseball still rolling. Um, Some things that are going on in the baseball world. I woke up this morning, and I saw on the move Carlos Correa to the Mets, and I'm thinking to myself, we just touched upon on the first episode that Carlos Correa signed a massive contract with the San Francisco Giants. Um, Well, what happened apparently was that a physical went bad. He therefore became a free agent again and instantly Mm. signed a deal with the New York Mets. For how much more? It was for basically the same contract. Mm. But it, it begs to think like, what is Steve Cohen? He's the new Steinbrenner. He's just buying and buying and buying whoever he wants. But like, did he say something to him like to get him to fail that? That physical, like, he's like, you know, I really want to get you here because he they missed out on maybe Aaron Judge or they missed out on some other people, Trey Turner. And they were like, well, we're not going to get anybody big, Xander Bogarts. And he was like, I want to keep bringing in more firepower. But for those that do like baseball and know the Mets, it does bring up a problem with Francisco Lindor, their all-star um, gold glove shortstop So, I mean, they just paid him a lot of money. They acquired him from the Indians and then paid him a lot of money. So, I don't know. I would like to see the Yankees maybe go after him. Maybe there's an opening now. But Bowman Chrome has been hot. Bowman Draft has just dropped. Jackson Holiday, Elijah Green, they head the top of that class. There are a lot of other guys that were in the draft, but they are not. Having autos in here like Drew Jones, I know a lot of people were excited about, but he will not have autos in Bowman Draft. Tamar Johnson is another big pick by the Pirates. I believe he was seventh overall. He has redemptions, but he does sign. so that's good to see. We have a lot of people, a lot of big uh, a lot of big names that did sign and it is a hot product from what I've seen.
0: Dude, talking about uh, Bowman, specifically Bowman Chrome. Our guest today, Sean G. Collect has recently pulled a monster out of Bowman Chrome. Uh, Sean, do you want to tell us uh, what that card was? And welcome to What's the Word, brother.
2: First off, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Manu, Reno, what's up? How we doing today? Um, just, to kind of make a disclaimer, I'm waiting at a gas station right now. So if you hear 20 regular cats within the next few minutes, you know why,
0: um, thank you for the disclaimer. Absolutely. He just gave away, he
1: just gave away what state he's in though, because there's only I think two states. Well, I think there's two states actually. I think Rhode Island does it too, but
2: no, it was was Oregon originally, they originally did, but I think like 2018 they stopped. So now
1: everybody pumping knows gas. that you're in Jersey because someone's pumping your gas for you. It was going to be bound to
2: happen anyway. On the education okay.
0: side uh, of things, now you know that Jersey is the only state in the United States that does not let you pump your own gas. And it is great. And this is brought it to you by is. your sponsor. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, <laughs> tell
1: everybody about that ridiculous pool that you had the other day.
2: So I know you guys had Marty, our buddy, DCG company, on the call or on the podcast the other day. Um, me and him split into a break. We got the Brewers in a five-box break, which normally you're thinking six boxes, half-case. But we did a five-boxer, spent like 120 bucks and we pulled a Jackson Churio uh, purple. One so, of the chases, And it was right? a true purple. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And those are out of what?
2: There you go, man. 20 regular cash.
0: 20 yeah. regular
2: cash. There it, is. <laughs> there it is. Of course. Um, those are number to 250. Those are number to 250. Um, normally when you're chasing from Bowman, I mean, bases you're not really looking for. Of course, a Churio, I would take a base all day. Um, personally, I think he's going to be one of the top prospects, if not the top prospect, before he hits the majors. But that being said, you know, tr- pulling a true purple in a year that they don't have any true blues. I, I'm more than ecstatic. So so it's it, it absolute, a good feeling.
0: Sorry. It's absolute a hold, right? So that's a card that you're going to keep for a while and then try to sell it. What's, what's the move here?
2: It looks beautiful. It was nicely centered on the back, which a lot of these Bowman cards from this year aren't. So definitely going to send it to BGS. Um, I'm expecting it to do well. Um, you know, at least we're always hoping for a 9, right? But a 9-5 and then the rare occurrence of a 10 would be phenomenal. So that's how I'm kind of looking at it. I I definitely want to send it to Beckett first and then kind of wait for baseball season, see what his hype does because when that product first dropped, his prices were skyrocketing. Like I saw a refractor sell for $2,000 or something ridiculous like that. Now I think they're like six to eight hundred, which is probably around where they should be. But that being said, like every time you have a new product drop, those prices are just going to dip and dip and dip. So this is a guy who could potentially be the top overall prospect. We saw how a guy like Julio Rodriguez skyrocketed in price this year. Wander Franco, an infamous, you know, top overall prospect. Um, Adley Rutschman, maybe not as much this year because catchers don't get as much love, which I think is kind of a joke, but that's a different ballgame.
0: On that, I have three questions for you. We're going to go once at a time here. Um, what's your take on on BGS versus PSA. You did tell us a little bit more there on the nine and a half versus the nine, but why would you go BGS over PSA? And when would you do that?
2: I think BGS is better for baseball. And the reason why I said it's better for baseball um, is simply because of Panini. Panini's quality control, in my opinion, is um, unfortunately lackluster because they, they do drop great products. And, you know, ripping their products is extremely fun. But when you're talking about the difference between, you know, a Prism versus a Bowman Chrome, nine out of ten times those Bowman Chromes are going to look good. Maybe this year a little, a little bit different. But, um, you know, from what I see, mostly Bowman, mostly Topps Chrome, these cards are a more quality product. So there's a higher chance at a nine five and even you know a ten or a black label with BGS for a product like Bowman Chrome rather than you know let's say Optic or uh, one of the hardest to grade in my opinion contenders you know so that's my thought process with BGS. Um, as for grading, what do I prefer? Uh, my original thought would have been PSA a couple of months ago. And I've been doing a lot of the bulk submissions that they have for $18, and they just dropped it down to 15 So that's been great. But if it wasn't for the turnaround time, I wouldn't probably grade the PSA, to be honest with you. They've been overestimating and overperforming on how quickly the cards come back.
1: Now, will you be using the CCB Beckett uh, submission for that Jackson Churio?
2: Absolutely. Me and DCG actually have two cards that are going in, uh, that's the mission. We have that. And then a number <laughs> to 25, Joel Embiid specs for uh, a select RPA side dye
1: Okay. He did bring that. Yes.
0: Sean so you did say something about the refractors uh, skyrocketing rocketing and then coming back down and I think that you know a lot of people assimilate to that especially after what we saw the pandemic boom and then everything coming down plus the recession and the economy and then you know I've, there's a lot of uncertainty in the hobby a lot of negativity right now uh, what's your take on all of this and what what keeps you in the hobby nowadays
2: well, I think that's a great point that you made, considering, you know, when you look back at a year ago, two years ago, a lot of these cards, like people think of Luka Doncic's, for example, were just in price ranges that never really could amount to how the players perform. And granted, I'm one of those people who, you know, I'm younger. I think athletes are better nowadays. I think we're going to see more records be broken over the course of our lifetimes, you know, the next 15, 20, 25 years however many years. Um, So it makes sense why people are, you know, betting on some of these really, really, really high, you know, effort character, um, you know, cards or players. But for me, I I personally see it as a correction. It makes more sense for there to be more cards, you know, in circulation that are a thousand dollars, $2,000 rather than cards that are $200,000. Um, so for me, the market correction kind of makes it more incentivizing for me to go after those cards that are you know twenty to fifty to seventy dollars raw, grade them, and try to get a flip that is the same exponential amount that I would get on buying a seven thousand dollar card and flipping it for twelve. You yeah. see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's all not, based I'm off of percentages. Work. You're looking at the percentage, what of you're course. putting out versus what you're what you're getting back. And in in, in, this in this market now I think what you've realized is what we've talked about a lot in our conversations and that's the market's getting smarter so you can't just go out all willy-nilly on on eBay and just buy anything grade it and then flip it it has to be Absolutely. something with speculation whether it be you know, the parallel, whether it be the year the card was made, people think it's going to pop off, or it's the prospect of the guy. And I think a lot of these cards today were overvalued before due to just the the demand of, of uneducated people. And not to say that that's wrong, but... Now those same people are trying to say that the market was always bad. But I think in reality, the people that truly want to be in this market are seeing an opening to where they can make money no matter what. And and I think you have demonstrated that with, with what you've been doing recently.
2: Right, right. And that's you know basically what my next point was going to be. When you have a $1,000, like that's a, just an easy number to always go based off of. And you bring that to a card show. In this market, there's so much more value for your $1,000 because you might be able to get a Prism rookie, you know, color that you weren't able to of a, a John Morant or a Zion or, you know, even these lower end guys. I always think back to investments and knowing players as seeing what their volume is especially in basketball because, you know, basketball is hot right now. Um, And the, the example I always think of is like shy because last year we were all invested in the shy. We were just a year late. And that goes to show when you have the right concept of who the type of people you're trying to invest in is, you know, that high C, middle B, high B tier players. You know, Shai, Maxi's, even like Devin Vassell's this year, that are just outperforming what they've done in the past. That's naturally going to cause an increase. When you're talking about people who, however, like Zion, like Luca's, you know, for baseball, like um, you know, Wander Franco's, like Julio Rodriguez, even though he outperformed what he was expected, it's harder with less time for these players to really prove it. You know, you got a third-year player who's worth the same as a Tom Brady in football, you know, like a Josh Allen. Or, well, he's more of a fifth-year, but the point I'm trying to make is that it's so hard for these people to catch up to their expectations of their price points. And that's why I agree with you wholeheartedly that the market's getting smarter. People are starting to realize, you know, man, it's, it's not bad to have a vintage instead of just fully focus on one person. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, we we used to talk about at the card shows that, and before it even happened, that base should have never been as high as it was. And I think a lot of people got caught up in, well, base will have value, but those cards should have never been going for what they were going for. And a lot of people like to go look at them, but you have to really, really go look at it, like the stock market. You know, when the when that goes up and down, up and down, up and down, you, you never, you never look at really like, oh, this is not a good, good market, right? Because a right. healthy market goes up and down. So if you go look at these cards that sold six years ago, right, and now look at them. They're all up. They're all up like 300%. So just because some people recently bought them for a certain price and it really wasn't the smartest thing, they're trying to make it look like it was the market and not their uneducated purchase.
2: Aside from a few players, you go on card porn every day. You go on card ladders every day, stocks. Some of mm-hmm. these cards are just going down. Going down. Well,
1: Justin Herbert N T is that that's one that that I see just plummeting a lot recently on slab stocks when he posts it.
2: And that's unfortunate because we talked about it before. He's obviously a, a talented quarterback. But right now I I have no idea what's going on about Los Angeles front office. We
1: well, have to compare he, it to the best type of cards for somebody like Brady. And then I would compare those numbers and be like, if if, if somebody like Justin Herbert is being looked at as a quarter of Brady or even half of Brady, well, those numbers just don't add up. As much as you may want that card, I think a lot of people got caught up in, I want that. And instead of, I don't think that number adds up
0: but also i think that a lot of uh, the same go- good old basics of supply and demand you know what i mean look at how many products panini and and and, and uh, tops chrome too and tops uh release this year compared to 3 4 years ago there is just so much more in the market and besides that there is just so many more breakers like Bigger breakers than it was back then, so obviously more cards are being pulled, more um, valuable cards are being pulled, and 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 like both of you guys said, I do believe that this is a correction. During the pandemic, it wasn't just a boom for the hobby; there was a lot of you know money being inserted into the econo- and in the, into the economy that reflected the card hobby. And now, obviously, it is correcting itself, but we're also on a recession. Like mm. it or not. So there is a double there is a double double variable thing happening here, but I do I do have positive hopes that it will go back up and stay kinda of like stable. And I feel like the breakers that survive this right now are the ones that are gonna come out strong on the other side for sure. But it's easier yeah, said it's, than done.
1: Definitely.
2: It's gonna be very fascinating to see what Fanatics does for distribution to you know the mom and pop shops of the world. And I think it honestly is going to be a benefit for fanatics to be at the helm because I think they're going to be listening to enough people to understand what the hobby really needs. What I hope doesn't happen is that they centralize and kind of monopolize. So where they have a fanatics app for breakers, they have a fanatics app for product, They have a fanatics app for, you know, market sales like an eBay or like a mice lab. You know, that's what I'm kind of nervous about because I understand how much money fanatics has, you know, Michael Rubin's a really, really smart dude. Right. And on that,
0: it's, it's interesting because they're literally watching everything that Panini is doing right or wrong, what people are saying, good or bad. And I'm sure that they're going to come up with something like 10 times better where it's also going to benefit the market. A hundred percent.
2: Yeah. And, um, Like one thing I know Nick talked about. Shout out to Nicky Dub, um, is redemption. Like the fact that redemptions sometimes have to take six to eight months to twelve months. It's embarrassing, you know. If I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of a card, and the guy tears his ACL, by the time I get it back, what am I gonna think?
1: Yesterday Uh, was the one year year mark. Yesterday was the one year mark for that of the snakeskin. Yeah, and I told him I think he has a. It was a
0: Lamello Snake Skin, guys. One of um, one RPA
1: to select. One year yeah, the, since
0: the redemption has been uh, submitted, has not been. Basically,
2: submitted. the product. Basically, the product hit of select. I'm sorry to cut you off, about it.
1: He's lost thousands of dollars on that, and I think he has a, a court a court case against them. I really do think he should because there's just no way you can you can clearly like prove that you lost money due to their lack, and that's the product hit like. So, you sold a product with the intention of this being in there, but it it's not in there, and it hasn't even been filled.
0: Dude, you ripped so many boxes. You spent so much money. You hit the motherfucking hit, and then like, you never got it. <laughs> of, the, of, of the the best person in the in the product, Panini. If you're listening to us, you know exactly what
1: we're talking Fix about. Fix it. Fix it. <laughs>
2: that brings me back to the guy who was posted, I don't remember what account posted them, but he was saying that he calls Panini like 12 times a day, calls on his girlfriend's phone, and does it every single day, all day, in order to get his redemption. And if you have to do that, I don't know if you guys have tried to call A, PSA, or Panini. Oh, it's a shit show. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible to get on the line with them. I compare it to a
0: USPS and FedEx. Or (laughs) T-Mobile. Or T-Mobile. T-Mobile's on top of the list, by the way
2: bad i can imagine so imagine, sean having dealt with it
0: what sorry to interrupt you but dude this this calls are hard because i can't see his face so yeah, it's no. like i don't know when to shut up but on that it, note <laughs> what's your sport what's your thing who's your guy on that sport
2: okay so that's um a harder question for me to answer i'm gonna go in terms of the hobby and then I'm going to go in terms of what I personally enjoy. I,
1: like I was that. always
2: a baseball person, um, but growing up, you know, within the past three, four, or five years, I've started to become more a fan of the UFC. So I'd probably put them more neck and neck with each other. That being said, based on this market, if we're talking today, going into 2023, um, I, I'm by far and wide investing my time into baseball. And the reason why I think baseball is the best investment is because going back to what you said before about the overproduction of products, Bowman and tops really don't have that many products for baseball. You know, your tops chrome, your tops paper. Okay. Aside from that, the only other thing you're really looking for is Bowman and maybe like Dynasty or Triple, set, triple Threads, excuse me. Right. So for me, I'm not even looking at that kind of stuff. I'm strictly looking at Bowman. And then if I can find good prices on tops Chrome on cards for rookies, I'll take that too. Because I think there's a little bit of a, a correction that is bound to happen for some of these people like Arafi Devers, who don't have a first moment auto, you know, in terms of this year's product, Jackson Merrill, um, you know, Brady House. These kind of guys are guys that are studs. They deserve to be worth something. But if you don't give them an au- an autograph that shows that first Bowman in the corner, people aren't going to want it as much. And I know you, Reno, have talked to people in the Bowman community. I've talked to people that shows it in the Bowman community and whatnot. seems pretty common across the board that everybody has that hatred for the first auto that's not technically a first. So that's kind of my process with Topps Chrome Rookies. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, they're going to have the most um, liquidity over the course of the next 10 years. I really and like I think it. a lot of these I think a lot of these Panini products, you know because right now we don't have that great of a quarterback class with this past year and then the Kenny Pickett year, I mean, unless you like Malik Lewis, um, no offense to Steelers fans, but Kenny Pickett doesn't look like all that. you know there's not really much speculation in the football world, and then in the basketball world, I think it's a great class, you know, with Mobley, um, with Cade, with Jalen Green, but these are guys that are going to take years to develop, and since there's so many products of them, I just have a hard time seeing the value aside from, like, the true NTs, the true Prism Golds, um, that kind of stuff that people genuinely seek after. I I have a hard time seeing it, you know, remain – At an uptick in price for the next, you know, five, 10 years.
1: There's almost like no middle tier with that sport. Like, like you can get refractors. Like you don't have to be like, uh, fuck. I don't have a fucking number to 50 gold refractor auto of Juan Soto. Well, you can go get one of the 499 refractors. It's still bread. Like, course. You don't have to have one of the number to 25 oranges. Dude, the number to 99s, nobody even fucks with the greens. So, like, people like the number to 499s. There's five hundred. There's 499 of those. People really love the Blues to 150. There's 150 of those. So, like, there's something for, like, everybody when it comes to baseball prospecting. When it comes to football, like, football is a little bit easier, I think, To weed out the good products, but basketball, there's a gajillion products, and really, if you don't go NT, or like you just said, the gold prisms, like, the prism silvers, they're not worth shit, I mean, the number to 49s, like, they're not really, they're just not sought out after, because it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't have that mid-level tier, that mid-level appeal, like baseball does.
2: I agree. I agree. And that's what I think baseball kind of sets itself aside. There's select opportunity, but there's also a surplus of people that you could also seek after. You know, these these vets, a lot of these guys are underpriced. Like, go go look at Trey Turner's prices, and then go look at Wander Fronto's prices. Wander Franco is a phenomenal baseball player. If he has an expectation of being better than Trey Turner to the people that invested in him, I'm sorry. But it's just unfair to say that. It's unfair to say that. And there's a lot of speculation with prospecting, which can get a little rough. But if you go on a value base, there's going to be guys that you find reds of you know oranges of golds of
1: look at your budget and find a tier that you can be in like i have like oh i would love to go buy all the corbin carols all the jordan walkers all the you know um who's another guy that i really really like um Hell, I don't know. I can't think right now. But Jordan Walker's like the top one. I'd love to go buy golds and stuff of him, but that's not in my budget. So what did I do? I found a guy that I – you got to – the great thing about baseball is you can go look into the minors, find a guy that's super under the radar. His refractors could be $25, and you just buy, 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 buy.
2: There's so much information on baseball, too. Like, you can go on YouTube and find a guy with 500 followers He's a former scout who does nothing better than just break down every single player for, you know, a single A team for the Yankees or, you know, a guy who breaks down the breakout prospects or, you know, what's your each prospect in each levels at, you know, there's so much information to help you with baseball, but, The other thing is, I think it's the biggest gamble because there's so many different barriers that you have to go through in order to be able to reach the majors and perform well. I mean, we've seen a guy like Cody Bellinger become arguably, I would say at that point in his career, he was a top three to five player in the MLB. But that's when you sell.
1: That's when you sell though. So, like, dude, I've seen cards pop off when a guy goes from single A to double A. Like definitely it, it, it just the it's almost like this secret little society of rumblings that happen with these prospects. It's like, yo, did you hear about this guy coming up in the system? He's like S- seventeen years old, big bat switch hitter, and you're like, nah, didn't hear about him. he was well, starting in in single A this year. you're looking at his shit it's like fifty dollars for a refractor. well. He pops off, bats 280, couple dingers, some stolen bases, walks. See, that's the thing. You don't even have to succeed to look good. Like, you can just walk, okay, and not even get a hit, and it looks really, really good, and people will pay, and they will pay for these guys that are just have that upward arrow. Like, they don't even have to get to the MLB for you to make money off them.
0: And on that, does prospecting really work uh, for UFC as well when, when we're talking in terms of cards? Is that something that you're looking for, upcoming fighters and stuff like that? You're watching different, you know, minor different things um, or not really, or is that mainly a baseball, uh, sometimes basketball
2: thing? I have a ton of UFC, just from UFC being my personal collection. Um, I've done a ton of ripping of UFC. I've pulled a lot of heat from UFC. Um, That being said, the Kamzat and Gilbert Burns fight, honestly, is the sole reason, in my opinion, why the UFC market is screwed up. Kamzat came in as one of the biggest prospects ever in the UFC. He gets into a fight that people think he could have lost that fight. And immediately start dumping and dumping and dumping and dumping. And you could go back and look at some of the some of the sales on some of the ComSocks. It's un, like it's unfathomable almost. Like Marty I know The news
1: told us that the last sale on that mojo was about like eight hundred and ninety bucks.
2: And it's crazy because that, we're gonna sound like idiots admitting this. But that day when we're watching the play all together, we had an eBay offer of $10,000 yeah. for that same card. Granted, we didn't take it. Also a 2 one 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 trade offer. Oh, man. Imagine having that card right now. Just so the, the viewers know, um, at one point we were offered a snakeskin to a RPA laundry tag, similar to what we were talking about, Nick pooled with LaMelo Ball out of Select. However, this was the laundry tag. This wasn't the the Nike logo or the Logo Man. Um, I don't know if Select had a Logo Man that year. Either way, um, yeah, we could have had that card. That card was estimated at that point around like forty five hundred dollars. Who knows what that is now, man? Who knows oh what yeah, that, that, is that, now.
1: that thing's probably probably at least double now because that was when everybody was like, oh, I don't know about two.
0: Now that you said uh that you t- that we talked about too, uh um didn't you have a card that you a to card that you pulled you graded and you sold for
2: a very good amount of money? So no, I didn't I didn't pull it. <laughs> I wish I pulled it but no I didn't. Um I was going around at a show. I had just sold a camo Trevor Lawrence number the 25 PSA 9 that I had picked up mm-hmm. at the national and graded myself wasn't the best looking card was very happy I got a nine got rid of that made a little money on that and my first two thoughts were I have a ton of money in my pocket let's go buy a box and let's go buy a card that I could possibly make some money on the <laughs> first card that caught my eye was the Tua. the guy was asking for about a thousand bucks oh we're right around yeah we're all. Okay. they were asking about 800 to a thousand on eBay so I told him, hey, nine fifty, I think it looks nice. Graded it. Got the ten. Which by the way on kabooms is nearly impossible to get. So I was kinda shocked when I when I saw the ten. But ended up sending that to MC Sports Cards. Shout out to MC Sports Cards. Um they always hook the homies up. Um and yeah, that, that did pretty well.
0: Nice. And on that, I'm actually very curious to hear you guys' stake on this. What is Tua's future? Because for a couple months there, we were like, yes, we were right. Let's fucking go do a shine. And then now he's just like, oh, man, I I don't want to talk about it, but we must.
1: I think he just – he's had his three worst games. They're against tough opponents. They were in tough conditions. Freaking snowing, man, out there. Yeah, and, like, I just think you have to push – the breaks on a lot of these kids when it comes to who they are and how they're going to perform week in and week out. And I think to a you know, before these last three games, he was the number one passer rating in the league. That's the number one statistic that they look at for quarterbacks. And, you know, I think it's just a little bit of a rough patch, but I do think, you know, he'll grow. And he'll learn from it, and I think you know this week especially they 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 do bounce back. But right? gag, so what do you think about? Uh, fair to Killa? say,
0: Reno? Is it fair to say, from your opinion, that there is still hope for the Miami Dolphins?
1: I don't think the AFC is a very 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 tough tough conference. So I don't think they're gonna. I think they might win one game in the playoffs and then and then be out after that. But it, it's it's not. I don't know if it's Super Bowl season for them. Okay, I respect that. Sean,
0: what's your take on this?
2: I think, um, well, ironically, um, me and Reno are in the, same boot, or, uh, in the same boat where our fathers are both Dolphins fans, ironically.
0: Ironically. So
2: <laughs> my father is a big, big Justin Herbert fan. That being said, even he's come around on Tua this year. What I personally think, is that the NFL is a completely skill position based league now. You give those guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to a guy like Tua, you're gonna see some great years out of him. I thought he was the MVP up until that concussion. I thought he still had a chance up until the three losses. Um I think he's great. I think he's great. I think there's gonna be years where he's in the conversation for a top five quarterback. Um you know, there might be a year where he wins the MVP. I don't know. There might be a year where he wins the Super Bowl. There's one thing we know about Tua. He's got, he's got the dog in him. He, he shows up when the bright lights are on. Uh, winning that national championship is no smash, considering what they were down by with the whole Jalen Hurts situation. Um, and I know college doesn't always translate to the NFL. But you would rather a guy have seen those bright lights. And that, that honestly showed with Joe Burrow last year. Granted, it didn't go the way they wanted it to. But he looked like he looked like he was in complete command up until about that Super Bowl. So my personal opinion is Tua is going to be good. The Dolphins are going to be fine. Mike McDaniel is the right coach for him. Seems like they got that locker room under control. They have a good culture, and those are the things that really equate to a good football team. Amen. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm I'm a Giants fan. I can't stand the Eagles. But I can't do anything but respect what they've done this year. Now granted, I may not say that to my friends' faces that are Eagles fans, but Jalen Hurts looks phenomenal. He looks like a leader. That locker room, like imagine having a guy, Ryan, like Jason Kelsey on the Giants. Like how can you not dislike J- or how can you dislike Jason Kelsey?
1: Yeah, no, you always want to have that leader. And 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 the good thing about Tua, like you were you were saying, he's got that dog, and I'm like, you have to have that ability to lead, first of all, as a quarterback. And I think like we've seen a lot of people know I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Herbert. Don't don't really I think he's a little overrated. Same with Josh Allen. He made a funny face. I think they're very overrated. And I think it's because they have lack of leadership. Yeah, Josh Allen's a nice guy. Everybody loves him. But when it comes to the football field, I don't know if he commands the huddle. Like, Joe Burrow, Patty Mahomes, like, these are guys that people will literally go to war for. Like, Jalen Hurts, they want to go to war for him. And I think that's the big thing when it comes to these quarterbacks. Like... Do they have yeah. that in them? And I think Tua does. And I think that's that's the hardest thing. It's an, intang- it's an intangible. Like, you can't teach how to be a leader. One can only, like, grow into that role, or they're just not one to begin with.
2: Yeah, I mean, not everybody's going to be Tampa Tom. Not everybody's going to have, you know, the media presence. Not everybody's going to have the friendliness not everybody's going to have the relationships. But it, it it really is interesting to see when these players, like a Justin Herbert, like a Tilla, like a Jalen Hurts, go to their press conferences and address the media. Because as much as people don't talk about it, um, you could see a lot about people's characters. And, you know, seeing the way J- Jalen Hurts deals with the Philly media, like, I'm a Phillies fan, which is ironic because I'm a Giants fan. But I understand how we work as a media. I understand how this area is. It is not easy. We're harsh, nasty people sometimes. And when you aren't, when you aren't playing well, poof, it is really hard for a guy like a Ben Simmons, not to hate on him, to kind of you know, get his sucked. feet back under him. Oh, you know, I'm not gonna say any foul things on a podcast about him. But uh, behind closed doors, I, every Sixers fan knows how they feel about him.
1: <laughs> well, with um, with that being said, Gag, we would like to uh, ask a question that we do ask everybody on here. Um, if if I were to give you ten thousand dollars, you can't take any home afterwards. So if you spend five, the other five just poof. So spend what you want, but you don't have to spend all 10 grand. Uh One card that you would like that you have to hold for at least like five years.
2: I can only buy one card. One card. Okay. Because what I was originally going to say would probably be to buy as many refractors as I possibly can. Of God. someone like a, Well, I'm glad you. Like I'm I was like, I'm, glad I'm gonna get this ex- 10 <laughs> Multiply yeah. Get this and that. I'm glad you're,
1: you're you're explaining that. But
2: one card, thousand dollars. One card,
0: ten k cash. One card.
2: <laughs> that's, that's really tough. I gotta think about that for a second.
0: That is really uh kind of us.
1: That is like I mean <laughs> we're sitting out here giving away <laughs> make a wish type shit. <laughs>
2: I think um, it has to be a baseball player. Honestly, ten thousand dollars—that's
1: a lot. A That's a lot.
2: I'm buying a Harper.
1: So the biggest Harper that you can buy?
2: Biggest Harper I can buy.
1: What Whether is that? that?
2: Be, uh, I think probably eleven Chrome. 11 yeah, but I think you could probably get
1: like what an orange for that.
2: Maybe a gold? No, me. No. I doubt a gold. Dude a blue uh, I
1: saw a blue was only like five grand, so like
2: I know a super fracture did like three hundred and forty six thousand. Oh, so you know the number off the top of your head. Yeah, wow. because it
1: was bullshit. It should have went for more. I was gonna more.
2: say I was gonna say two to three hundred thousand, but yeah, I agreed that it should have went for more. Yeah. I think he's I think he's the best baseball player in the league. I think he's proven
1: I think he's proven that he is the chosen one. The dude's the dude has and, dude, just wait until he wins a
2: World Series for the Phils. Like, he's going to be the guy. Like I am getting so many goosebumps just even thinking about that freaking home run against San Diego. Like, I don't think Oh, it's, when he said, I I, think did non- I just do that? Of course. I don't think a non phillies fan can really comprehend how much that meant for the city. But for him to be the player that he was, when he was 16 years old, all that hype, all that talk about him, and then perform at the highest level and send his team to the World Series, it's, it's just perfect history being wrote. Well, I think That's it's also interesting it. to
1: say he battled adversity. He went into Washington. He did his job, whatever. He won an MVP, but he never won anything for them. They threw him to the curb. They just threw him to the curb. Everybody thought he was done. He was washed up. Okay, there were some down years for Bryce. Comes over to Philly, reinvents himself, matures, and like regains that that face of baseball. Essentially, he is the face of baseball right now. Back at it again, and his team, rightfully so, are at are at least at a minimum favorites to win the the National League.
2: If yeah, not, I if mean- not,
1: favorites to win the World Series.
2: That might be a hot take from a Yankees fan to say that Harper is the face of the league with what Judge did. This yeah, dude, year. I don't. I,
1: yeah, but we both know my view on Aaron Judge. so...
2: The overpay is a different thing. You guys kind of had to do it, unfortunately. He we just did. did too much for your organization.
1: We did, but I mean. Yeah. For me. Guys,
0: to close this off on a different note. Because if I hear more baseball for another 10 minutes, I'm going to have to uh, go watch Moneyball once again and uh, try to get it right. But do you guys want to say your NFL uh, Super Bowl predictions before the playoffs officially start? For the play- so the playoffs are a little while from now. I know, but do you guys want to say it now?
1: Oh, I mean, I think the Bengals are going back to the Super Bowl. and I think it's going to be Bengals-Birds.
0: Bengals, birds. Yeah. Okay, guys. Today is December twenty first. Reno's guest is Bengals and birds. Shanji, where do you stand?
2: I'm gonna go in the NFC and upset in the NFC championship game. The Vikings come <gasps> back God. in overtime to beat the Eagles <laughs> and then get the floor right, the floor wiped right underneath them by the Chiefs. Ooh. And I think Pat Mahomes gets another Super Bowl. So Kirk
1: Cousins is going to the Super Bowl? Captain yeah, Kirk!
2: Captain I'm gonna be Kirk! Honest. I'm going to be honest. I don't see them scoring more than 10 points in that game either. Oh, I my think Lord. That's, that is the perfect full so how job. are they beating the Birds? Because. It's going to be on a Saturday, and it's not going to be prime time.
1: Uh no prime time,
2: Kirk. They're gonna be like Fuck this. Oh, if the if Captain. the game is after if the game is after seven PM, I am hammering the Eagles. But if it's before Well, I guess the NFC championship game, they probably would have it, you know, late night. Right.
0: Sean, I really, really want to thank you for your time with the bros today. I want to wish you and everyone else happy holidays, and we will
1: see you guys next week on Wednesday. Peace out, Absolutely. everybody. Merry Christmas, pre- and thank you very much. Gallagher, you want to plug your stuff real quick before we let you go?
2: Yeah, I appreciate having uh, you guys having me. I know it's a little awkward uh, over the phone rather than in person. Soon we'll be able to do that in person. Um, If you guys wanted to go follow me or check out any of my stuff, um, my handle is at Sean G Collects, S E A N G Collects on Instagram. Um, Hopefully, soon, this is kind of an announcement that I'm making, um, but I've had a few friends refer me in the past. Hopefully, soon I'll be selling singles and whatnot on whatnot.
0: Nah, maybe we can do a collab.
2: Oh, absolutely. And um, you'll see me if you're in the Jersey area or the Philadelphia, you know, New York area, you'll see me setting up at some of the some of the local shows um, off the top of my head. I know um, uh, there's a show in Mount World that we will be setting up at, um, me and a couple of the buddies, Slabs on Ice and DCG Company, and then also at the Fishtown Card Show in Philadelphia. Um, that's always a great show. We love going there. Ironically, last note. Every once in a while, you'll see some uh, characters out and about. The last Fishtown show, we saw Shum Lee, and that was one of the most bizarre experiences ever. And oh, I just want to say this. Doing the
1: Pokemon shit.
2: Oh, absolutely! I just want to say this. I told him, "Hey, yo, come over, stop by, I'll get a picture, whatever." And he goes, oh, "I'll do it later," and waved off, and I never saw him again. That's how it goes. If if you're listening, yell me a picture, brother.
0: Sean, I'm definitely sorry you got your heart broken, but we will make it happen in person and hopefully we'll get that round of golf in too. And guys, happy holidays. Love everyone. Peace.